Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is episode 120, and a lot of exciting things are happening right now. A lot of exciting things are happening with my business, with my life, with the podcast, with um, personal development, all across the spectrum. I feel like things are just going really good, and I don't know if it's just the smell of pumpkin in the air or if it's the crunchy leaves underneath my feet or the beautiful lake that I get to walk that is right across the street from my apartment, but I love this time of year, and it gives me just great vibes all around. I'm inspired. I'm happy, and it's just a great time to be alive, and I don't know if it's just me or does everyone really feel especially excited when fall rolls around? I think so. But anyways, today's episode for 120 is with my friend Carson Dupree. Carson is a coach, blogger, podcast host, dog mom, wife, and musician living in Nashville, Tennessee. A blogger since 2011, Carson has appeared on several local news channels, Cosmopolitan UK, LUK, and more speaking on young entrepreneurship. Carson is the creator of the lifestyle blog Wildernessa, which encompasses various topics from her balanced approach to wellness to her musical endeavors with her husband. Carson has also recently began a new project called the Wilder Podcast, stemming from her distinctive interest in sharing other women's stories, struggles, and accomplishments as to spread the message that we are all connected. Carson makes waves through her honest and lighthearted takes on heavy topics. Carson currently lives with her husband and two dogs in Nashville, where she enjoys practicing yoga, playing piano, and surfing local restaurants. Today, today's episode was really fun. Um, I'll just tell you in advance, we talk like two girlfriends catching up. It was just really one of those episodes where we got deep, but we also kept it lighthearted, just like what her bio says, where she can really dive deep into honest and heavy topics, but with a lighthearted tone and making the process of discussing these things pretty enjoyable. So I really loved this episode. I had a lot of fun and I hope you take a lot away from it. I really, really, really think you will because we do dive super deep and Carson and me, I think just really, we thought about what we wanted to share with you guys and what parts of our lives and stories we wanted to share. So hopefully you enjoy hearing about those things. Before we get started, here is the review of the week. This comes from Stay, Think, Be Positive. And they say, you have changed my perspective on life with five stars. Maddie, before I started listening to your podcast, I had been struggling with orthorexia for years. I have been so involved with the fitness industry, eating clean and yo-yo dieting, that I was so horribly miserable emotionally. I wanted to be normal and eat like my friends could and not have anxiety, yet I was too scared of what the food would do to my body. Now, through lots of self-love and eating intuitively, I am so much happier. So many people struggle with this secretly, and I just love how much awareness you're spreading. You're amazing, Maddie. Thank you for changing my life. Because of this podcast, I not, not, I finally, I now finally feel free. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so, so happy to hear that. Freedom is such an important theme of this show, a theme of my life, and a theme for the lives of all of my listeners. So thank you for sharing that with me. I'm so honored to have been a part of your journey. 
If you haven't yet left a review for the podcast and you enjoy the podcast, that is how you can help this show grow and reach more people and help me. When I put all the time and effort into interviewing people, researching people, editing the podcast, marketing the podcast, putting the podcast up, all of that stuff, it takes hours and hours. So it means so much to me when you enjoy it and you leave a review and it takes literally less than a minute to just whip up something and post it on iTunes. So thank you for everyone that has done that. Other announcements. First of all, the Freedom Lounge is live and in business. I don't think you heard any of that, but what I said is the Freedom Lounge is live and in business. So if you are looking to take your personal development, self-care, self-worth, freedom journey to the next level, but you're not quite ready to commit to one-on-one coaching, this is the program for you. This is affordable group coaching, essentially. What we do every single month is we have a new topic. For example, this month is the topic of purpose. Then we we have exclusive interviews. So I bring on my personal coach, Jake Ducey. He is a shaker in the world today. Incredible. I've never had him on the podcast. I wanted to make sure that I had his information, his insight, saved for the people that would really use it because his time, you could say, is very valuable and it's worth a lot. So I wanted to make sure that I went to the people that were actually going to use it and really take this business of self-growth seriously. So I have him on there. We have an amazing, exceptional interview. He gives you tons of things to think about, to marinate on, and to do throughout the month. And there's a book club aspect. This month we're reading his book, holding it right now, The Purpose Principles, How to Draw More Meaning into Your Life. My book is dog-eared and basically just highlighted the entire thing and underlining. And I have 12 pages of notes that I have in my Evernote app of all the different gems that I have from his book. Incredible book. So I'm excited to read that along with you guys. And there's a Facebook community group. So I'll be posting things in there as well. There is a group coaching call. So if you have questions you really want to ask me, um, that's the place to do it. I don't I don't coach people for free and I don't coach people via email. So when you send me in your questions and you don't get them answered, that's because I've got a lot of emails coming in. And if you want your questions answered, join the lounge, hop on the group coaching call, ask the question, get it answered. Ta-da! It's awesome. On top of that, there is a video every month from me to you, and I tell you how that theme of the month personally affects me, how I've learned from it, and action steps to take. For purpose, I give you five different action steps I want you to be taking throughout this month, and I expect you to do them all so that you can really grow and take advantage of the Freedom Lounge. And one of the best parts of it is that you're getting that one-on-one coaching vibe at less than 4% of my actual one-on-one coaching cost. So if you really want to take that next step, you're not quite ready to commit to the one-on-one coaching, go to thefreedomlounge.com and sign up and instantly get started with all of that goodness. And like I've mentioned before, no contracts, you can cancel anytime. I wanna make sure your money goes to things that you value and you're using and you get a lot from, so that is why I make that a possibility. Next up, if you do want to take your journey to the entirely new level, if you're sick and you're tired of just going through the motions of life, letting limiting beliefs pull you down, struggling and holding yourself back, playing smaller. And when I say playing smaller, 
Carson actually asked me this on her podcast, so you'll have to listen to that. That's already live. But I'll just share with you, when I say playing small, I don't mean necessarily playing bigger in your business because a lot of my followers don't have their own business. I don't market to people who have their own business. If you have your own business and you follow me, that's awesome. I know that you're still getting a lot of value from what I'm saying because I do speak from a place of being a business owner. But when I say playing big, I more or less mean not being your full self because you're too afraid of what people think. That's really what I mean when I say playing bigger. I mean being able to speak your mind, to be honest and not always be tiptoeing around on eggshells worried about not making other people feel good about themselves. Being honest, being a real honest person, being a serious person whenever you want to be serious and to be a lighthearted weirdo whenever you feel like being a lighthearted weirdo. Being yourself, being Playing big in life means to be the full out version of yourself, means to take advantage of the one life you've been given, to really live it the way you want to to live it. That is what I mean by playing big. So if you're wanting to finally live your life the way you want to be living it, according to your own standards, your own rules, and not what your parents say, what your teachers told you when you were a kid, what certain books told you that really go against your whole belief system, if you want to take life by its gold and glittery reins like me, Sign up for my one-on-one coaching. Apply for that. Apply for my one-on-one coaching. You can apply for that by going to my website, maddiemoon.com slash coaching. And there is an apply now little box. You click on the box and you fill the questions. I receive the questions. I read them over and I contact you to let you know if I'll give you an interview or not for my coaching practice. So that is for people that are committed to this growth. It's not for everyone. It is deep. And, um, the process for me, like I really make sure that whoever I bring on into my practice is a good fit. And that's why I interview, um, prospective clients. So if you think that's you, you can sign up on my website. You can sign up for the free knowledge on my website and you can just, or you can just continue to listen to podcast episodes, whatever floats your boat. It's cool with me. So that's all that I have to share today. Um, My retreat is this weekend, so I am probably plugging away right now, getting everything ready and excited, and I really just can't wait. If you missed out on this round, this retreat, stay tuned. I'll probably be releasing the dates of the next retreat um, next week. That's the plan as of right now, assuming that I love it. And I'm sure I will because retreats sound like a blast and I really can't wait for this one. So stay tuned for that and let's get started with this awesome interview. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast for episode 120 with Carson Dupree. I am so excited to talk to her because we have been communicating, let's say, via 
what has it been? I guess um, Instagram or yeah, email? Snapchat too. Yes, well, yeah, Snapchat. Like like BFFs, like from the start, just snapping <laughs> each other, conversations and singing songs and dancing. And she has just such a, a incredible, beautiful spark to her life. And she's a very inspiring person in her message, the way she communicates it, her vibe, everything about her, especially her music. Can I just say? Can I just say right now that I have never heard a voice quite as beautiful as yours, Carson. It's gorgeous. Okay. Wow. Well, thank you so much. That is such a huge compliment because I've recently, like in the past couple of years, really been trying to like nail down some vocal technique things and I've been trying to really like grow my range and girl, that means, that means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. And when I first heard you, I was like, um, am I talking to an extremely high up there famous person that's invited to every single (laughs) award show right now? And I don't even realize it. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, that's how amazing it's just like, I can't believe like you, your voice is not on the radio right now and stuff because it's just, God, it's gorgeous. Or is it, is it on the radio? No, it's not. We, um, we actually work with a lot of TV and film, so it, it may, you may have heard it like somewhere, but other than that, no, we're not on the radio. We just have that EP right now, so we haven't even released a full length record, and we are in the midst of working on several projects, but we do want to release something else soon. But I am really still passionate about those songs because we did release those in July, so they are fairly new. But, um, yeah, so that's our first release as Wildernessa. We've had, like, a previous name. Our previous name was Fortunes. And that EP, it was just another EP. And that one was pretty successful. It was okay. We've only played a few shows. We're trying to, I personally am trying to manifest, like, a tour in 2017. But we'll see how that goes. Because mm-hmm. I love to travel. And I, and I would love to be able to, like, kind of, like, meet the fans and everything, but we do have a pretty strong fan base that like stays plugged in to what we do, which is cool. I want to talk about, you know, my first question is always like background stories. So I totally want to talk about that. But I also want to ask you first while we're kind of talking about this about your husband. And I'm just so interested how did, okay, did the relationship come first and then the music together or was it the music together? And then out of that, a relationship blossomed. Oh my gosh. Well, I'll try to make this brief because it's actually kind of a weird story because when I met my husband, he was in a band called Mary Mint with his sister and his cousin. And it was kind of like a family based band and they were working. They weren't even working on their first record yet. Okay. So I come into the picture. I have played a few shows in my hometown by myself. So I've always like pursued music on my own. I've played with like some other people in our hometown of Tyler, Texas. And, um, yeah, so with Colin, he was in this band, and there actually was, it, it, he was in the band throughout our engagement, and there was actually, like, a bit of, like, conflict with, like, our scheduling and, like, what we wanted, we both wanted, you know? Like, I obviously wanted to be, like, like doing music with him, but I wouldn't, like, express it because I was, like, feeling awkward about him being in a band with his sister, you know? So it was like, I was like, I don't really know what to do. But then I toured with that band. Um, we did, like, a month-long tour we toured the U.S. and that was super fun. And uh, but then he, we both split from that band and decided to um, just pursue our own thing. And that, so we toured in the fall of 2014, and then we recorded our first 
EP in the winter. So it was a quick, very quick um, kind of thing. I, I, I had expressed that I wanted to make music, but honestly, it's something that I felt super awkward about. I like was super self-conscious because it's such like a vulnerable, personal kind of thing. Like, hey, like even though he was my husband, it still felt kind of awkward. I was like, hey, like I want to make music. It's, he's just like, he's very like, I don't know. He's kind of like quiet about that kind of stuff. He's not very, that's just not his love language is to be very vocal about like, you're so talented. You have a great voice, you know, to you he kind of just, yeah. So he's just kind of like, he does feel that way and he has expressed it. But at the time, like, I don't think he understood that it was something that I wanted to pursue with him. And then whenever he realized it, like we've been like all over it, we love, you know, we love making music and we have so many things we haven't ever released, but yeah, I mean, he did quit that band and then we did start our own thing, but, um, it was not like, I was very, I was very scared even like totally to even bring it up. Uh, I can't even imagine like I'm putting myself in, <laughs> that would, yeah. Like for me, that'd be like someone that I would be dating, have a really awesome business and me be like, can I help you with blah, blah, blah aspect of your business? Or mm-hmm. will you help me with my business aspect? I've done that before I had like one of my ex-boyfriends was a, a web developer coder and I wanted him to help me like code a page on my website. And that was so yeah. weird. It was so weird because it was like, I felt like compartmentalizing the relationship from any kind of effort and work, which I understand now looking back as a totally uh, misconstrued idea of what relationships are because they are partnerships in all ways and you help out with those things. But to me, I was like, um, I really want to ask you to help me with this thing, this coding thing, but I don't want to sound like I'm asking you to like, or taking advantage of you in any way. Yeah. But of course, like with him, he was like, no, but I'll teach you how to do it so you can do it for yourself. (laughs) And I was like, okay then. And actually I did, uh, learn it in like a week on how to code my whole like webpage, which was pretty awesome, but still so frustrating because I didn't want to do it. (laughs) Well, that's amazing that you learned how to do that. Uh, yeah. Well, Colin kind of did the same thing too. That's my husband's name, Colin. He, he kind of was like, I mean, I can help you with whatever you like want help with. If that's what you mean. And I was just like, no, that's not what I mean. Like I, <laughs> I want you, we want to make music together. And it was like, it was a very, but I, I mean, I totally think it was one of those occasions where you like, you expect your like partner to read your mind. Right. And I was just like sending in these mind vibes. And it was like, just, I felt like I was holding on to this like awkwardness that he never, ever felt, you know, he was always like, probably really, he would have been open to it from the beginning, but I was always very like passive. It was, it's just like, I guess it's just a delicate thing when it comes to me because it wasn't something I was super confident in because his whole family makes music. So it was like, it wasn't like I was just coming in hot, like with this great voice and like really wanted to rock his world. It was like, they all sing very well. And he's one of six. So it was like, I just didn't really know. And they already are successful and they're like in the industry of music. So for me, I was just like, I don't know if I like really fit in here or like if I look like a groupie or something. Does that make sense? I kind of felt like it looked like I was using, yeah, like I was using Mm. them. So I just didn't like to pursue it. That's interesting. I really like that topic just because like I've, I've realized that in a few different ways recently, like hanging out with certain people and like. I was hanging out with someone yesterday, actually. I went to go get lunch with the creator of the uh, the TEDx Boulder division. Group. Oh. And he also, oh. like, he also has been to, I think, 75 countries. And he, like, when we were getting lunch, he, we're on Pearl Street, which is a really busy street in Boulder. 
he like mm-hmm. looked up in this exp- probably like several million dollar uh like condo on top of one of like the fancier restaurants and waved to this woman who was like behind there and that was her home and she's like oh hi there like waving to him and he was just like oh hey you know like knowing all these different people and talking about his life and all these things and i'm just like um i did my business and the podcast and like you know and it's so Uh, yes funny and interesting but that's when you really have to just like remember we are all human beings and we all have equal deserving of taking up space in this world, no matter what your accomplishments are, because your accomplishments, and I'm now going on a completely different tangent related to, not even related to your relationship with your husband, but just so everyone knows, like if you're hanging out with people who really impress you or excite you, know that you deserve to take up just as much space and room and your voice is just as important as those people, no matter what. Of course, anytime you compare yourself to others, you may feel a little inferior or intimidating in certain kind of ways, but guess what? You're not. That's just your perspective. Perspective. That's so good and that's so true. I can't even like count how many times I've been with like people that I like considered like kind of like a mentor like mentee relationship and I've like you know like felt like uh like really plugged into my behavior and like you know like everything they do everything they say and like feeling like I couldn't speak or whatever or even like for those who are like working like a part-time job or like maybe a full-time job and do have like a boss or something I mean I do think that they're like I mean taking up space when you think of like it at work I guess it could be a little different because you do have to have that respect and that authority but you can still value yourself the same way. Like you are still a person. You're both humans. And sometimes it can give you that perspective when you're thinking that your boss is being like totally horrible to you or like, do you know what I mean? Or making you feel bad about yourself or what you're doing. If you are doing your best, you just kind of have to like be ground yourself with the fact that we all exist for the same kind of things, which is to be, you know, to exist and be happy and feel loved and, accomplished and protected and stuff yeah to make the most of the one life we're given period that's really all we're Mm -hmm. hearing no one knows what the heck they're doing some people just like do things that appear to be more massive or big than what other people are doing but like accomplishments accomplishments you know (laughs) it's really about how you're feeling and that vibe that you're creating in your life does that vibe feel good regardless of your accomplishments yeah okay awesome you're living the life that you know 75 percent of america's probably are are not because they're not happy in that job and the accomplishments they're doing it's so true yeah girl get it out so wait i do want to know though like when did you meet him because i don't think you maybe you said that but when did you first meet colin Okay, no, I didn't say that. Okay, well, Tyler, Texas is where I'm from, and it's kind of like a smallish town. I mean, it's gotten bigger since I left, but his family, like I said, they were kind of like a thing, like already like in bands, and everybody kind of, they're not everybody knows who they are, but they're definitely like in magazines, and like they have like famous hits and stuff, so it's like everybody in this small town like knew who they were, and Colin was like, there's six of the kids, of the Dupree kids, and Colin was the youngest, and so I knew who he was, but, like, I wasn't, like, a huge super fan or anything, so I didn't really know, like, his age or anything, but we were at a, we were at 
a like an, a mutual friend gathering for New York for New York. I'm sorry. I was thinking like the ball in New York <laughs> for New Year's <laughs> and uh, we were there for New Year's and he was there and we were like awkwardly like dancing and like sipping champagne, but we were both underage, but it was like a very, it was like, I think it was like a, a church based party and we both, I got invited. And so I went and I was struggling with a bunch of like stuff and I was in therapy for stuff and I was like a party kid I was coming out of that and so when I met him I like I like we I gave him my number on Facebook like after that night we hardly even spoke but I I hit him up on Facebook you guys women out there listen you, up you hit okay. up him first <laughs> yeah I messaged him on Facebook and I gave him my number in the message I was like, like hey it was nice to meet you last night and we were 18 okay so, hey, it was nice to meet you last night. I could like, I could totally use more friends in town. Like, where else could I use friends? Okay. I could use more friends in Tyler. <laughs> I'm so cool. Here's my number. Hit me up. Little did I know he didn't have like a car or like a license or anything. So like I, I, for our first date, I did, it was like right after that. I went and I picked him up and we went to Chipotle. And then it was just like a, a long stream of like, going to Chipotle and Jason's Deli and stuff. And then we were married like a year later. That sounds like Tyler, Texas. <laughs> yeah, girl. Cause that reminds Tyler. me of Rockwall. Like that's literally exactly what we would do is like, Hey, do you want to go hang out? You want to go to Chipotle? Okay. I'll come get you. Bye. See you soon. <laughs> want to go to Starbucks? Yeah. Go to Starbucks? Okay. Me and my boyfriend in, uh, 10th grade, <laughs> which he was now one of my closest, dearest friends. Like we've just been super, super tight ever since Aww. but he at the time was the bad boy that i did he's the only bad boy i think i've ever dated yeah like, we would always go to starbucks and that was like where he smoked his cigarettes and girl like, i totally did that i used to smoke cigarettes and i was like i, I would go do that at starbucks why is it the same <laughs> tyler everybody in tyler did that too yeah that was like and there were okay of course in rockwell there's probably about five starbucks and so i knew the one my mom visited uh, every, routinely every single day. So I was like, we can't go to that one. We have to go to the drive through one because my mom won't be there because you got to smoke outside. And so then there'd be Austin like sitting out there smoking a cigarette and then me and everyone knew me. Like back then I was the book nerd with the crazy like goofy hair. I was in the band, marching band, like just super nerdy. And then people yeah. seeing like Austin sitting next to me, it was like, what in the world? But I always had to make sure that I went to the, to the private one that no one knew about. So oh my gosh. Sense. That's so funny. Okay. Cause, because this is just like a short little story. My parents went, to, I used to do that too. We used to like, there was two Starbucks in town and we would go to one and my parents, the day before my 16th birthday, they like played a prank on me and told me that they had bought me a bright yellow, uh, bug or something. It was like a bright orange bug. And I got so terrified because I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to know exactly if I'm at the Starbucks and they're going to know if I'm out there smoking and they're going to come find me if they drive by because the town's so small. Like if they were going anywhere and they saw my yellow bug, they would like pull up and see me smoking cigarettes and I was underage and like, oh my gosh, I'm hanging out with those guys that were like older than me and like, but like, it's not like we, we were, it was kind of harmless. Okay. Everyone, I was smoking cigarettes and I know that's like not healthy and I don't do that anymore. And I was underage, but like, I mean... I was terrified and it wasn't, I didn't get an orange bug. I got like a totally basic car, but it was shocking. I was terrified. I definitely went through links to like avoid my parents at all costs. 
Uh, those days, gosh. I well, I had very, very, very controlling parents, so I just wanted to like monitor every single thing I did. Like, I would go to a party, and they would also drive by where I was at that party to make sure my car was there. So mm. they would do that kind of stuff too. Like, they would just mo- like. I remember one time. Um, it also a short story. Sorry, guys. We're just going to tell stories. And <laughs> One time, though, there was these guys. So I hung out with this group of people and uh, like a subgroup of this group, not the ones I was super close with, but ones that were part of the big massive group. They decided that it'd be funny to do to graffiti, basically, to get um, chalk and draw. This is awful. Just draw stuff on my on my uh, driveway. I'll just say that on Sunday morning. Um, when everyone, you know, on Sunday course, morning, Sunday morning, when everyone's going to church, all the families, I had no idea. I didn't even know really these people very well, but they're like, let's do this. And they did that Sunday morning and people are, you know, driving this rock wall, Texas, good old conservative rock wall. And people are driving all around. And like my mom was, my parents, of course, naturally were so upset, but I remember waking up to like my mom searching for my phone being like, where's the phone? Cause she thought like I had something to do with it somehow. So she had to go through my text messages to see like if I was telling people to do this or something. And I'm like, li- I was literally probably the most like conservative kid back then. Just like quiet, yeah. shy, bandy. Like I just always cared about my grades and stuff like that. So to me, it was just like, I was just as shocked as anybody else, but I guess that's kind of what people think is funny to do whenever there's like a kid that's total opposite just to see what the reaction is. I eventually mm-hmm. did find out who it was because it took me forever. And, uh, yeah, so, like, I don't even know how we got to this story. So you, <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, um, you're, so how old are you now again? I'm 22. You're 22. Yeah. It's kind of one of those so things weird. I like never like really let out. Not like that. I try to keep it to myself. But I feel like sometimes people definitely won't. They they think that they can't take me seriously when they're like, "Oh, you're 22. Oh, you've got so much life to live." I'm like, "Yeah, but my life, yeah, it's not that different." I mean, it's it's all you know. 22 is all you know. Just the same as 55 is all 55 years old know. Like, mm-hmm. sure, it's longer, but you still. It's hard to explain what I'm saying, but it's all you know. It's all you've experienced. So yeah, there's still more to go. Awesome, but. I, I definitely thought you were older than that because you, ha- you have an older soul vibe and you're much more mature, obviously. And I'm straight up married. I mean, people that like are like, you're married. You've been married for like two and a half years. I'm like, yes, I have. And, I'm, and I got married very young. Um, but didn't you recently, like in the past six months, like, like mention your age on your podcast? I didn't know how old you were either. And then... You mentioned you aren't yeah. you twenty four? I just turned twenty five. Twenty five. Okay. Yeah. So I surprise people too, but you know, <laughs> it's like I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't tell people often unless they ask. But I'm also not like trying to keep it quiet. If anyone asks me, yeah, like, yeah, twenty five. Whoop whoop, love it. <laughs> you know, me too. Just, I, I think it doesn't really matter so much about age, but how how eager you are to learn and what sources you want to seek out, what sources of inspiration do you take the time to read the books that are going to take you further or invest your money into coaches that are going to help you grow or go to the, the seminars about finances and management and all this stuff. Like, are you taking the time to grow in the ways you want to grow or are you going downtown and partying every night and hanging out with people that aren't serving you? 
going to Starbucks, caring too Smoking much. Smoking cigarettes. <laughs> caring too much about what people think and spending all your time worrying about rejection. Like, I think that a lot of my success so far, I just, I, I, I owe it to myself, of course, for doing the work, but I owe it a lot to the people that have been introduced in my life, the amazing healers and spiritual people and coaches mm-hmm. and the guidance I've received. It just, all it did was require me to first seek them out and to listen to what they have to say. And I'm sure you can relate to that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that on my journey as well, I have been so, I feel like I've been so, I feel so honored to have been able to like have the platform that I have. Like I do have like X amount of followers and I do have like a musical following and I do have like, just like a lifestyle blog following, but at the same time, my interests dive pretty deep. And like, for me, all of the growth and everything that I've done has been, I mean, it's been since I was 18. And I've just like, seriously, and I know that you have too, just kind of like, sought out like as much material and like, game changers and life changers and all of the books and all of the podcasts and like everything. I just like have taken it all on. And it's just like, it's probably like my greatest hobby is to like, listen to podcasts and take all of that stuff in and to like, help myself learn more about myself and learn more about others. And with, like I said, with this platform that I, I do have, it has been able, it's, it's gotten the attention of the people that who have gotten my attention. So I've been able to be just as privileged to speak with people like you or speak with people like Jessica Mernan. I just spoke with her on my podcast. I began a podcast called the Wilder podcast and Jessica Mernan, she, she has blown my mind and Katie Dalebout, she's blown my mind and now, and you, who has like totally changed my life with your podcast, just me being able to like speak to you guys, um, on this level has been so cool. And I've definitely, and in other areas of life too, even with like designers and other musicians and stuff too, I definitely, with my, even though I am young, I feel like I have made that effort to reach out and explore these different realms of, I don't know, pathways and life, different like things that inspire me and that could help inspire others. Mm. Word. I totally <laughs> agree. Like podcasting. I, every time people ask me how I, how, how do you like podcasting or what's podcasting like? I can truly say it's the most consistent thing I've ever done in my life slash business that has helped to shape me in ways that nothing else could. And that's strictly because of meeting people, like having these Mm -hmm. conversations, being able to help other people struggling through this platform also is incredible, but being able to just hop on, chat with awesome people, get their insight, get their perspectives, be faced with rejection in every call because you never really know how it's going to go. But it Mm -hmm. always ends up wonderful because I have wonderful people on, but it's taught me so much. And I think that now really is one of the best times to be alive because you have these tools, you have access to certain people, you have resources, free resources. Some people, it costs a thousand dollars just to have an hour of their time with coaching, but with podcasting, Mm -hmm. you can still get an hour of their insight for absolutely free. And you can do that as many times as you want in a day. And just being able to be the person interviewing to me is where I would, prefer to be than just listening. Cause for me, that's how I learn the most, but I know some people learn the best by just putting in their earplugs and going for a walk. And I think that's awesome that we can provide for them those tools. 
Yeah, definitely. I totally agree too. I, I feel like that was for me making the podcast was as soon as I got into it and I like, I uncovered that this is a thing and like, this is a world because it is, I mean, it is a, a serious, seriously, gigantically connected realm of very like an incredible, influential and inspiring people. And for me, I do focus, I, I tend to focus more on like women, but I know that there are a ton of male podcasts out there, male podcasters out there. Like my husband listens to a ton, not that it matters, but for me, like I have been so inspired by all these women. I realized like instantly, like I would love to be able to do this, you know? And, and like, like you said, there is a huge difference between like what you get talking to people and then what you get and asking the questions and then what you get just like listening on your own, because I mean, the, I've had some interviews that I've done that have like almost turned into just like exactly what I needed to hear in the moment. You know what I mean? And uh, and I, I'm sure it's the same with like people that listen to your podcast and that you see as clients as well. Like they get something completely, a completely different experience actually being able to speak with you. So I feel like it's different for everyone and everybody like sometimes needs to take it to the next level. And it's, it's cool to be able to have like a condensed version of like, like you said, that free like hour of advice or perspective that podcasters are able to give. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's true. I agree with what you said about you receiving exactly what you needed, because for me, I'll go through certain periods where I'll deal with, um, let's say this recent business change I've done from talking about food and body image over to life, yeah. life and motivational speaking. Well, at that same time, I started, I guess, putting out that energy. I, I announced it first of all, but I think on a different scale, I was putting out the energy on my other source, my other, uh, outlets of work, my, may it be social media or whatever. But of course mm -hmm. I started getting an influx of people that were motivational speakers wanting to be on my show. And I haven't had anyone reach out with real, well, a few people, but not many reach out with, uh, disordered eating recovery stuff because I, I don't know, I guess I stopped putting that energy out and I'm not this, the switch is so amazing though. Cause what I really wanted was to get more motivational speakers on here. People who can talk about relationships and, um, rejection and shame and all that beautiful stuff to talk about. And that's what started happening. Like naturally, I really didn't even have to do much for that to happen because that energy, I guess. I totally, totally know exactly what you're saying. That's like, that's like whenever I feel like whenever I, and it's something that I've definitely played with for the past two years, but I recently read, um, Gala Darling's book, Radical Self Love, and I began mani manifesting even more. Do you know how you like kind of fall off the manifesting bandwagon? I don't fall off, but I feel like I, I become less aware of what it is that I'm like actively like putting out there. And then once I began, actively feeling inspired by this book and putting very specific things out there. I have not been disappointed in what I have received in return. And plus based on what you're, what you, what you just said, I'm like, you're the changes and shifts you're making on your podcast. And this isn't exactly anything to do with like, kind of like the energy you're putting out there. But I feel like everything that you're gearing it toward now with, with just the motivational speaking and the different things about shame and freedom and everything that you speak on, I feel like those are the core issues anyway. I mean, mm -hmm. I feel like, I mean, that's what you're going to like anybody that struggled with disordered eating or any type of body image issues. It's always going to come back to some form of like trauma or stress or shame that they like have pushed and pushed and it's going to bubble up. I mean, whether it's through addiction or through food or through, you know, any sort of thing that you can, you know, abuse, 
I feel like if you can't deal with those core issues and feel (laughs) it's really great if you can listen to somebody help you with those tools instead of just like in the moment dealing with like, you know, the anxiety you're having over your plate, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And I received some comments recently from people being like, I'm really glad you made this switch because it's been nice for me to not hear about food and stuff like that all day long. And Mm -hmm. and it's less triggering because now I'm actually targeting the stuff that really matters and the food issues become less prevalent in my life whenever I start focusing on my uh, inability to to deal with shame or my inability to deal with rejection or that thing that happened in my past because that's really what it all comes down to. And so now people who deal with addiction, obsession, depression, all of those things can relate to this message because it's, it's catered towards everyone and not just that one particular thing. One of the things I did want to talk to you about is how you've dealt with a totally different subject, but I want to talk to you about how you deal with uh, cyberbullying or people online that target you and they are giving you personal attacks. How have you dealt with that in your past and how do you deal with that today? Um, I, that's really funny because that kind of was a fleeting thought across my brain whenever you were speaking on like dealing with rejection and like how that does come up in other ways just a second ago. So I guess it's not that off. It's, 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 it's a perfect segue. Um, for me, I have, I've dealt with my fair share of internet hate for this and that. And for those of you who aren't like familiar with me, I have like bit, I just kind of have, I can tend to have a loud mouth, but not in like a way that I think is bad on my end. It's just, I kind of speak the way I feel. And sometimes I get kind of like, I'll get negative backlash or I have funky decorating that I like to put on the blog and I'll get negative backlash or like people pick on me for like, I don't know, my body and I'll get negative backlash for my hairstyles. I mean, it's just like infinite on my end. But, um, yeah, it's just like, it always gets kind of intense, but within the past six months, I've definitely worked through a lot of like the rejection and the hurt. Hurt is a strong word. I guess that's like easiest way to explain it that the, those words of the, the internet users (laughs) have caused me. And I think that I have a lot of friends that kind of told me basically what happened is that I came across like a forum of people like talking about me and it was like a blog dedicated to talking bad about me if that makes any sense so it was on like a host site that basically I'm not gonna mention the name I don't want to give it any more power than it already has but I'm sure people have already sought it out on their own because I've spoke on it on my podcast before but it's like one of the first things that comes up when you google my name because it does have so many hits and it's not going to change by me mentioning it on this podcast too it's already there but Anyway, it's basically dedicated to talking about me and talking bad about me and my podcast and my music and my husband and my pets and my food stuff and my body, you know, like everything. It's just, it's seriously, I know it's, it's very odd. And I have the friends, I think anybody that's going to be in those shoes are going to have the friends that are like, oh, well, that just means you've made it. Like people are talking bad about you. And like that, that, I mean, that could make someone feel better, I guess, Mm -hmm. But for me, I was just like, no, you're t- basically telling me how I'm feeling is not like, because I was, I was really upset. Like, I, I felt like everything was very spot on when it came to the, my insecurities. And like those, like the words that they would say were very, would, I think that's why I, it hit me so hard because they were very spot on to my insecurities. They were talking about how, um, 
I don't know, like I've bounced from different like specialty to specialty and like how my voice, it doesn't sound special and just like different things. It's just, or how I'm a hypocrite because I've like had pets in the past and then I've moved across country and I've given them to my parents or like, and then I've got new dogs and it's just like, it doesn't end. (laughs) You can relate to you there. (laughs) There it is. Um, but yeah, so for that kind of stuff, personally, I think we all have those friends who laugh when we tell them about this struggle, but that won't always work. I mean, I learned that I actually shared this moment on my podcast a few weeks ago from Jessica Mernan quoting her friend Giselle, who she had a, an interview with um, that week as well, that you've just got to feel to heal. And sometimes stuffing and stuffing down your emotions to make others feel comfortable, like, no, this isn't upsetting me. No, I have a thicker skin. I'm totally still a cool blogger. No big deal. You know what I mean? No, you know, and stuffing those emotions down to make others feel comfortable or whatever sometimes just will backfire. And I didn't feel the backfire, but I knew that if I was going to cry about it, which I did, then I could just do that and I could just be sad for a second because otherwise I'm not, I'm not like an alien. That kind of stuff does affect me. And yeah, I did cry about it and I am like a tough person, but I don't have to be, I don't have to pretend I'm not feeling things and things don't hurt because otherwise I'll probably still want to go look at that site. I'll probably want to go check in and see what they have new to say about me. You know, like yeah. just, it's funny. People think it's my friends think it's funny. Like they, they think it's hilarious. I mean, it was okay. I, it didn't bother me until I read that they thought my husband was having an affair because I was, like, so annoying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh. So, for me, it basically boiled down to just, like, if I could give anybody any tips, it would basically be just for a week, stay off social media. That's what I had to do. I just had to, like, get off Instagram because I kind of have the – that's my most following is on Instagram. So I just had to stay off Instagram, like get off social media or at least the network in which the bullying is occurring, occurring, um, allow yourself to react without losing, like losing your crap on the bully. Like if you're, it might feel good to like, if you find this person to like leave them a huge paragraph about like, like super well articulated Mm -hmm. and how excellent, like that, you know, you actually are and like stand firm in who you are. And that might feel really good for you to write all of that out. And you might even get a little like you might dig at them a little bit for digging at you. And that might feel good in the second. But that's kind of what they want. And so for me, I just I did speak on it on my podcast. But if you can just like feel your feelings, maybe like write it out, but don't send it like write this like huge pep talk to yourself and why these people are wrong. And then just like take it in. You can I you can even just journal about it, like you were writing it to that person. I know that 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 strategy always helps me work through issues with either loved ones or just like situations like this where I can't get out of my head and there's no way I can really deal with this because there isn't like one person I can address. Um, and develop concrete self care practices because I feel like I did kind of like lose myself whenever that happened. I felt a little, I felt like I lost a little chunk of my security when it came Mm -hmm. to like, yeah, feeling like I was doing my best and like like I was making changes and I was like, I had a voice and it mattered. But like, like we said before, as soon as like I, my energy needed this, like it was focusing on the negative. 
but I needed and I yearned for this like gratification that I was actually doing something that I was actually like making a difference with the podcast or my blog posts were resonating with people. I was instantly like gratified by having like all these messages without even speaking on the bullying, just like coincidentally, I would have like six emails of people telling me like, Oh, I love that episode that you did. Like you'll, you have no idea how much that meant to be like, I needed to hear that today or like, that's so weird. That exact thing happened to me the other day. I was listening to your podcast. That was awesome. And it's just like, I just want to let you know how much you've helped me all of those. So I just kind of, I was getting all of those and I had to focus on that and kind of just, I landed on the other side with the self care and with kind of focusing on the changes that I've made and the things that I can be proud of. I was able to push past that, even though some of that stuff was personal it was okay. Yeah. Wow. That's so much that you have to go through. Relationship expert, uh, coach, whatever. His name is Jordan Gray. He once said that when you push away emotions like fear, you know, but in this case it would be, I don't know, I guess sadness or uh, insecurity. When you push those emotions away, they go downstairs and they lift weights. They get bigger. They get bigger in the basement. (laughs) I love that. I bring it up all the time because that's exactly what happens. They go downstairs they lift weights in their basement gym and they come up later and then they get huge and massive and in your face and then heart, it's like impossible to ignore then. So it really is important to feel it, to heal it because these things have that ability to distract us and take away our power if we let them. But if we let them pass through us, then that's exactly what they'll do. They'll pass through us. And I can totally see how it does not help to hear you made it that's how you know you're really (laughs) successful because I get that as well and no the reason why that's so not correct and for anyone that's in the freedom lounge my membership site we talk about purpose this month and so that's the main thing and I have my coach on uh come on to do an exclusive interview it's really awesome but we talked about purpose and one of the things that he really discusses about purpose is that it's not a thing we will find it's a feeling It's a feeling that we create. And so when people say things like you as a person are wrong, here's all the reasons why you're wrong. That feeling gets misconstrued. That feeling goes down in the dumps. That feeling is gone. And so we don't feel that feeling of purpose anymore. It's not that we lost purpose. It's just that we're not feeling that vibe, which is why Mm -hmm. we don't care if we made it or not in that moment. (laughs) We just want to feel the feeling of purpose. That's all. So it doesn't help to hear that you're there or anything like that. And friends, remember that whenever someone is having something said about them, that it doesn't always help to hear that. Sometimes you just need to ask them questions like, what are you feeling? What are you going through? And be there for them and have that sympathy or maybe even empathy and just relate because – I, I, just what we were talking about is how when you're going through something, you attract the conversation, the energy about it. Well, I don't know if you're watching my Instagram story about mm-hmm. this, but um, did you watch the thing I just said about rejection? I just watched it Isn't about your funny? friend in the intro. Uh-huh. That's so I watched funny. it. <laughs> the timing is so weird. But yeah, just so everyone knows, I, I uh, reached out to a, a girl that I've actually had on the show and I asked her if um, if she could introduce me to someone else, another podcaster. And I didn't hear back for like three weeks and I just got a a Facebook message saying, I asked her a few things, random questions, but number one, it was like, number one, no, I don't want to do that. Number two, 
And I was like, no, you don't want to introduce uh. me to your friend because I suck. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> all those thoughts in my head. And I'm like, yeah. because my show's not good enough because and my chest gets all puffy and my Leah roar comes out. And mm-hmm. then I like for a minute, I'm like, ah! like, just let it out. Let it out. Feel it to heal it. And then I even got an Instagram and was like, hey, y'all, I'm getting rejected right now. You know what? It's cool. It is yeah. cool. It happens. Feel the emotions, let them pass, and then you move on. And you know what? Like, I feel moved on. Like, that kind of sucked because it's like all those thoughts are, why? Why don't you like me? What do I need to do? But then it's like, um, I know that that Instagram story is going to help someone today. I know that this conversation between me and you is going to help someone today. So we all get rejected, but it's awesome when we can talk about these things and release our own feelings of insecurity and then help other people. And I think that that's just for me personally, that's the best way to get through something is to feel it, to share it, and then to move on from it. Yeah. Well, and I wrote this down, I'm looking at it right now because this was something this, you did this whenever I was dealing with this and it was a video that you posted on your YouTube channel And what you said over and over in the video was, you're not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I guess I'm not. Even though you think that you want to be, and then you don't. I mean, and then you, you, you've, I feel like you've said several times about like the, think about your favorite author and then go look at their book reviews. Like Mm -hmm. look at the book that has like totally changed your life and it like found you at a pivotal spot and like completely like moved you forward and changed who you are. And it's the book you recommend to everyone. And you go look at those Amazon reviews. You click on that little one star nugget. And then you look at those negative, you look at that and you're like, Oh wow. Well I think this person is literally an angel and this person thinks they're a piece of garbage. And I feel good. It's okay. Exactly. I think that's one of the best methods. I actually just had one of my clients do that. She was talking about uh, one person in her life that had, in a sense, rejected her. And I was like, okay, you go find your favorite book and you go to Amazon, you go read those one-star reviews and you'll see how you're you're never going to be for everybody. You will never be for everybody. It's true. And when you can accept that, the rejection becomes a lot less distracting. I won't necessarily say it's easier, but I'll say that it's dis- <laughs> less distracting. You can move on and start focusing on the other things you need to do. And I'm I'm currently reading a book right now called um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F-U-C-K. I won't say it because I never cuss in this podcast, but that's what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so The Subtle Art of Not Getting an F, and it's by Mark Manson and freaking love this book. I am devouring it. And it's just about like, you only have so many, I'll just say F's for the sake of the podcast. You only have so many F's to give out. So make sure you're giving the right F's about the right things or you're going to run out of F's or you're giving too many F's. And it's like, that's helping me so much when I think about things I go through in my day-to-day like life. Like, am I giving an F to the wrong thing? I should be giving an F to something else. Like, mm-hmm. I'm giving too many F's about what these random people in Asia are saying about me behind my back and blah, blah, blah. Like, my F's belong somewhere else, and I should be giving them there. So it's really cool if anyone wants to read it. Just know that there is more cussing than you'll ever read in your entire life. But if you can get through that, then you <laughs> have it. Well, there's also this book, and I I don't really know where – I haven't read it yet, but I want to read it. And it's a similar kind of thing. I think she was on Katie Dalebout's podcast, Let It Out podcast, but it it was the effort budget, but I'm not saying it. But the effort budget, so basically – is that – you know what I'm talking about? You mean Caroline the Effort Diet? 
Not, not, well, no, it wasn't the F it diet because I follow her too, but it was like, it was the called budget? like the F it budget. It may have been on someone else's. It may have, been, it's basically like talking about your F budget and how you can only give out so many Fs. So it's very similar. Cool. Yeah. So you have to like sit down and budget these Fs <sighs> that you can give out because so, oh. you can give this many Fs for like, uh, like how long you're going to be able to do this or like this many Fs toward this thing. And it kind of goes with the concept of don't apologize. Like don't say yes. To something you don't want to do, you don't give an F about, therefore you don't apologize for it because you didn't do anything wrong. It's basically kind of back to that concept of taking up space and like owning who you are and like you don't have to apologize for everything that you do. You didn't do anything wrong, but like just don't flake on things, mm. you know, something like that. But um, what you had said just a second ago about like laughing about your Instagram story like, that is so, I think that, like, laughing about things and, like, like acknowledging how you feel and then just, like, us acknowledging how we feel and then kind of not taking our experiences too seriously, even, like, the stuff that hurts, because it does, I feel like it is a coping mechanism that sometimes really helps, like, propel you forward and deal with things in a way that makes you almost feel like you're taking a step out of who you are. So, like, like what you said, like, your friend rejected you, and so you just took to the internet, and you're like, hey, she rejected me, but you know what? It's okay. And it was kind of like a joke, and it was kind of funny, and you do feel better. You do feel it is less distracting. You do, like, feel lighter whenever you make light of things. I feel like, I guess I should say occasionally, because sometimes people put it off like they don't care about stuff, kind of like the cyberbullying, like, oh, you made it, and, like, you laugh, and then they're downstairs lifting weights or whatever, and they come back up all strong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, a two-part thing of, like, first feeling like, <gasps> what? What? Yeah. Gasp. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, like, there are bigger deals going on in life. There are other things that deserve my attention. So it's just there's a two-part thing. Like, you have to know about yourself what – do you need to do both the parts? You really just need to do one of them. Do you want to do none of them? Like what's going on? How much is this affecting you? And listen to what you personally need. But I love what you yeah. said about laughing. Like, yeah, it is important to be able to laugh and, and not, not take life too seriously. Like what, what did, um, I feel like, oh, who was it? Oh, it was uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. And she was writing about how your work is serious like your your purpose and passion is serious business but don't take it seriously like uh. don't take it too seriously because yes it's serious and you want to pour your soul into it but don't take like the final product actual seriously actually serious it's hard for me to say no one can like say what elizabeth yeah. gilbert can say but she <laughs> did it perfectly if you read big magic is awesome well, there was, like, another quote that popped into my head just a second ago whenever we were talking about people and, like, getting hurt by people or feeling, like, not knowing how to feel. Um, but there is this quote, and I don't know, I can't remember who it's from, but basically it's, like, holding a grudge or holding onto anger is basically, like, drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Yes. Like, you're only hurting yourself. Like, you're filling yourself with this toxic, I like to imagine it as, like, a toxic goo or something you know that like is just boiling and bubbling and filling you up and you're literally trying to like look at someone and send it to them but you have it like you can't give it to them you're poisoning yourself just being angry like they don't they can't feel your anger so for me like yeah if you just think like holding a grudge or holding on to anger is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die 
you know, I mean, it's a severe, I feel like it's a severe, like, simile, but even, like, in an argument with, like, my husband or something, I'll be, like, just, like, stomping around, like, doing things, and he might not even know, you know, he might not even notice that I'm being, like, you know, I might just be, like, boiling over and not even, like, be able, he might not even be able to tell, so I kind of have to reset myself like that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Communication. Yeah, girl. <laughs> okay, so we are coming up on the air here, but I have a quick fire round for you. Yeah. I'm excited. I have new questions. I love doing these. Ooh. Um, where can people – I will have the links to your all your stuff on the show notes for this, but for anyone that's just driving a car or not by their computer somehow, um, can you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, so – you can find me and all of my work. I do a bunch of different things on my blog, which is wildernessa.com. It's W-L-D-R-N-E-S-S.com. And it's going to take you to a homepage where you can look, look through our music. You can go to our blog. You can look at some of my other stuff that I've done, like with health coaching and other things that I've done. Um, and then you can also find me on Instagram and my screen name. I actually have two, but the one that I'm most active on is at Wildernessa. So at W-L-D-R-N-E-S-S-A. And there I just post like a bunch of colorful, fun pictures. And, um, I'm also, I always snap on there too. And I'm just kind of all over the place. And you can find me on my podcast, which is the Wilder podcast, and it's on iTunes, and it's also on my site. Woo! And I will have all the links on my website because that was a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Cool. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I wanted you to share. So, ready for the quick fire round? Yeah, girl. Okay, here we go. Three words to describe you. Um, weird. Um... Flexible, because <laughs> I do yoga. Uh, flexible, weird, but not in a bad weird. But weird, flexible, and um, vibrant. I oh, feel vibrant good. today. I feel kind of alive. That's good. If you could live anywhere in the world besides home, where would it be? Oh, girl, I would probably live... Can I live in the beach? I want to live by the beach. Let's go to let's go to Costa Rica. Costa Rica it is. What <laughs> did you eat for breakfast? Oh, today I had um I had a smoothie with a frozen zucchini and vega vanilla protein. It's like a plant-based protein powder and then like two spoonfuls of almond butter and some maca and it was delicious. I'm wearing a vega shirt right now. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, I, I used vega. to work for them. I used to do like all their uh, demo stuff. That's weird. Cool. Back in the day. Okay. Yeah, girl. Um, what's your morning routine? Um, okay. So mornings are my favorite time of the day ever. And what I like to do is I wake up around 6am and I will get up and I'll try to like withstand even having my phone, but I might carry it with me to the kitchen. Um, Recently, I've been reading, rereading Harry Potter. So Aww. this morning, I had the Sorcerer's Stone, and I walked into the kitchen, and I have like a form of bulletproof coffee after drinking two to four glasses of water. Sometimes four is just too much, and eating a Brazil nut for my selenium. 
And so it's bulletproof coffee is basically like coconut oil and like some, it's like a non-dairy thing, but it's, it's awesome. And I have an espresso machine, so I'll make that and I'll sit down and I'll read my book. Um, and then I usually work out in the morning, but nothing intense, maybe like 30 minutes max. I like to keep it really like minimal. And then I'll shower, wake my husband up or wake my husband up, shower, and then fix him breakfast, like a smoothie or something, and then hang out with my dogs. And that's typically, oh, I'll meditate too after I work out, usually whenever I'm like kind of laying in Savasana on the flow. Um, and yeah, that's, and I'll listen to podcasts when I'm working out. So that's usually how I get my podcasts in. That's awesome. That's a very nice morning routine. It's kind of long. Sorry. It is long. I like it though. It sounds similar to mine. Um, what is your favorite nickname or nickname you've had? That's your favorite. Okay. Um, I actually have a legit nickname and this is kind of weird and I don't talk about it that much or have I ever talked about it. My entire family, everyone you'll ever meet in my family, besides from Collins, like my in-laws, everyone calls me KK. It's so Southern, isn't it? So Tyler, Texas. KK. So everyone calls me KK. KK. Oh my God, that's so Tyler. KK. That's so Tyler. (laughs) Yeah, so it stands for Carson Carson K. So I was Carson K. Hobbs, and now I'm Carson K. Dupree. And yeah, I'm KK. KK's down there at Starbucks down there. There. KK's over there at Starbucks smoking (laughs) them C's. I see that, KK. Oh, I feel like I'm back home. Yeah, I love another Texan with me. And I know exactly where Rockwell is, so that's so good. Oh, yeah. Good times. Well, not really. Much better times now. Um, Okay, this is a serious one. If you had a month to live, what is something that you would definitely do? Um, Oh, no. This is a serious one. Okay, well, I would probably... Is it weird that, like, the first thing that comes to my mind is, like, food? <laughs> I no. was like, oh, I would probably go eat literally anything. Not that I don't eat anything I want, but um, I would probably go eat even just, like, the expensive and delicious, delectable things of my past that I, like, haven't had in, like, maybe a really long time. Or I, like, limit. You know what I mean? Like, I try to be, like, portion control with. But I would probably just go eat a lot of fun things with my husband um, I would go take my dogs, go somewhere with my dogs, like finally go running in a giant park with them. Um, maybe like, I don't know, go buy a lottery ticket so that my husband doesn't have to <laughs> be broke or something when I leave. But, um, I don't know. Say goodbye to everyone. Have a big, big, big bash, like an outdoor bash with lots of flowers and lots of like, just lots of really beautiful kimonos. Everybody would be wearing colors, and Aww. it would be a really fun night. Wow. You know, we should have this party. Like, Yeah, we anyways. should just have that. Kimonos, oh, flowers, and lemon poppy lots of, cake. And- yes, and, like, lots of beautiful, like, oriental rugs on the ground, and we could just all hang out and have a bunch of fun stuff. You're describing the way that I had originally planned you know every girl's like i know what my wedding is gonna look like but it kind of looks like that like in my mind it's like outdoors and there's like these big rugs everywhere and umbrellas. we should share a pin board and we should make like a party pin board so that when i I come to colorado we could just do that we could have like an alternative like extra christmas party and like 
have this holiday party with like all of our fun stuff. Oh my God. Yes. And you would like sing and we'd all dance and then I would do a motivational talk. (laughs) Yes. And we could like video it and we could just, it would be amazing. Yes. I'll be tipsy on champagne doing a passionate motivational rant. Yeah, and I'll be drinking rosé, so... Oh, you and your rosé. I love it. I thought about you yesterday. (laughs) Well, listen to the... I thought about you yesterday. Wait, okay. I was watching American Horror Story, which I know you watch, too. (gasps) Yes! Yeah, and she was drinking rosé, and I was like... Garson. <laughs> you know I was sitting there going like nodding. I was like nodding at her, whatever I say. We'll be dancing to that song. If anyone's listening, you have to understand that Maddie and I first connected over this song. And Maddie, maybe you can put it in the show notes. It's called Um This Girl and it's by Tongues. K U N G S. And like cooking on three burners or something. But it's like the best song ever. And I would send her these snaps of me dancing. And that's what we're going to play. We're going to blast it on repeat at this party that everyone's invited to. It's going to be the best party ever. I'm so excited. Best song. Okay. um, Do you have any pet peeves that you can think of? Um, Nail biting and nose picking. Um, I really don't like them. Or if like. I think that's about it. Any sort of like bodily, like fart or burp, those don't bother me. But it's like if you're gonna pick your teeth, picking the picking yeah. your teeth isn't gross, but the click, the clicking, the clicking of the teeth, and like the like when your top lip goes under, and like you look at someone and they're like biting, they're oh. just going to town on their finger. Ugh. I really like it makes me freak out. So yeah, that's about that's the only one that really comes to mind. What is your biggest turn on in a partner, in your husband, I should say, more specifically? Yeah, if I say something else, ah! I'm just kidding. Um, I love it when someone will full on stop what they're doing and dance with me. Like dance, not like creepy. Not it's not creepy, but not like sexy slow dance. But just like straight up, just like wiggle around, like like a crate. Like I'm doing it right now with arms up, like boom, boom like dance around the kitchen that's something like it was like one of those scenes you see in a romantic comedy i guess i like projected it into my actual life and tried to manifest it because it's it's real and that's something that is my absolute favorite that's cute i really like that because it's the feeling it gives you it's not just like oh and my partner has big arms or something like that i think that's sweet Um, he doesn't (laughs) three people you (laughs) Three people you'd invite to a the perfect dinner party. Oh, okay. I'm gonna choose you, Yay. Katie Delbout, and Jessica Murnan, and oh. we're all gonna hang out. Yeah. Well, I I don't really know who Jessica is when I'm I've been hearing you say oh. Murnan, but I know that it would be possible to get me and you and Katie together. That would be possible for sure. Well, yeah, we could totally do that. Well, Jessica is awesome. She would be, she talks about a lot of stuff and it's not food at all. You, you might, she has a podcast. It's called the one part podcast. She's really great. I think you would really love her stuff. I'm going to look her up after this. Jessica Murnia. Okay. Um, Yeah. What's your favorite meal right now? My favorite meal right now is who should I go there? You know what, Maddie? I'm just going to do this. Okay. My favorite meal right now is like a – is it lacinto kale? Is it, It's like this thick, like, dinosaur kale, and I like to massage it with garlic cloves, nutritional yeast, olive oil, and a little bit of Dijon mustard. But it doesn't taste like mustard. It's just like a little, like, horseradish And that's, like, massaged 
and that's like the base of the meal. And then I like to have like two little rounds of polenta and I like to fry it in coconut oil. And like, I like to put those on the side and then like dice up a little bit of tomato, a little bit of organic pickled jalapenos, and then like a fried egg on top. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds so (laughs) delicious. I like to drizzle tahini on it too. So like I love some tahini on everything. Oh, that sounds so good. You have to, next time you make it, will you take a picture of it and send it to me so I can see what it looks like all together so that I can then recreate it? Yeah, I'll probably like send you a picture after this because I've like, I, everyone, I recently started eating eggs again and I have been taking pictures of all of my egg creation, my excellent meals. I'm so proud of her, everyone, so you know. I'm so proud of her for listening to her body and eating eggs because she normally doesn't eat eggs, and she knew she needed to eat them. She'd been eating them. You know what? And if somebody says something bad, I have all these tips to deal with the cyberbullying, so don't say anything. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Go low, guys. Seriously, seriously. like, the first thing that came to mind, it's the last day of my life whenever you said that. I was like, I'm going to be eating eggs, okay? So Yeah, so might as well start while you it's not the last week of your life. Yeah, so live like it, it is. Okay. Exactly. Okay, uh if you joined the circus, what would your job be or what would your position be? I would love to it makes me think of freak show, American Horse. I just um, thought I would of l- that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, as much as I would love to be Jessica Lang singing very terribly to David Bowie, I would probably choose being an acrobat. I've always wanted to like fly through the air with the big net underneath me because I feel like it's relatively not that dangerous and it looks like a really um, like fun party trick, like a really cool st- skill, you know? It does. What is a must-read book? Um. I guess I'm just going to say this because it was it's an amazing book, so I don't want to say just, but it's the last book that I read, and it's Radical Self-Love by Gala Darling. It's incredible. I love it. I can't, I'm pretty sure that in the Freedom Lounge, my website, we're going to have that as one of the books and dissect it together, so I'm really excited about that and then probably have her on the podcast, which I can't wait. Uh, two more questions. Okay. Are you the type of person that – buys pre-washed lettuce and you still wash it or do you not wash it? Okay. Um, I do not wash that stuff. No. Heck no. Word. Me neither. <laughs> Twinsies. Unless it's like romaine. Unless it's like a big thing of romaine and right. it's like, I don't even, like I don't wash things like mushrooms because they get really soggy. I so if I get sick... <laughs> They tell you to. It says always wash the mushrooms. I'm like, nah, it's going to make them soggy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they don't? Trader Joe's just says on there pre-washed. So I'm like, okay, thank you. I trust you. Thanks for making my life easier. Practicing my trust. (laughs) Okay, last question. If you were to have a movie about your life, who would uh, cast you? Who would you cast as you? Sorry. (gasps) Sarah Paulson. No, not really. Well, maybe. She's She's an American horror story. She plays like the main girl all the time. So she's a lot older than me. The interesting mouth. Yeah. She's the one she, yeah. Last night she was the one drinking Rose. Okay. I love her. I love her. I love her too, but she's like a lot older than me. I don't know if it would matter. Um, it would either be her or Jennifer Lawrence because I just love her. Yeah. She's awesome. She's awesome. And you're awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're awesome. This has been so much fun. Thank 
Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this has been a blast. I'm so glad that I finally got you on. Everyone, head on over to episode 120 to get all of her delicious links, and please listen to her music. It's awesome. And while you're there, if you have not signed up for the course that I have on there, How to Live Your One Life the Most Powerfully as Possible, you can sign up for that there. Check out the Freedom Lounge. If you're interested in joining, you can and learn how to play bigger than ever before in your life. I'm so excited about the Freedom Lounge, putting all of my heart and soul into it. And I would love to have you join us there to get insight and wisdom from the top people across the board in the industry of motivation, inspiration, business, love, shame, fear, all those things. Creative people, authors, all those people will be inside of the Freedom Lounge. And I'd love to see you there. And I'll talk to you guys next week. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.